our new bestie has changed how we track our investments. Why have over 400,000 investors chosen ShareSite? It's simple. This online investment dashboard for your investment portfolio supports over 500,000 stocks, ETFs, and funds, plus integrated with more than 200 platforms, ensures your entire investment portfolio is organized and accessible in one place. Move beyond the limited insights from brokerage statements. ShareSite offers a comprehensive view of your financial performance, including analyzed reports, dividend gains, and the impact of currency fluctuations, all through intuitive graphs and visualizations. But here's the best part. For the investee besties out there, ShareSite is offering a special deal. Save four months when you purchase an annual premium plan. It's time to dive deep into performance metrics, streamline tax reporting, and share your portfolio with ease. Join the link in the episode description to sign up to ShareSite now and transform your investment experience. Hello, today's Thursday, which means we're bringing you Girls That Startup, a weekly series where we spill the tea on how to create a seven-figure side hustle because no one saves their way to wealth. You're joined today by Sim, a seven-figure business owner, and with me is Maya, an entrepreneur in the making. Hello, Maya. Kilda Sim, how are you? I am good. I've got quite a controversial topic today. Yes. So if you've seen the title, you might have a vague idea of what we're talking about, but there's been a trend that I've been seeing more and more amongst my creative friends and it's not completely a new concept. I think if you've heard of the term the gig economy, you'll have a vague idea of the sort of moving towards people doing gig work rather than full-time work. So maybe rather than being an in-house designer for a company, you're a freelancer and you work with multiple people and you get to work your own hours, which is, you know, fantastic and, and all of that. But That's always been from the perspective of freelancers or the employees or the people that do gig work. I'm starting to see a little bit of a shift towards how some businesses are moving more towards gig work or moving towards hiring contractors and not having full-time staff. And I just think it's a really interesting concept that I'm starting to like wrap my head around and I think it'd be good to hear your thoughts on it too. Yes. Sim, can you just provide like a definition gig work? Is that the same as like freelancing, consulting, contracting? Yeah. So gig work basically means temporary or freelance work performed by an independent contractor on a informal or on-demand basis. So for example, someone like a video editor, someone like a podcast editor Mm -hmm. versus a full-time employee who could do the same thing, like a full-time employee video editor that works in-house they turn up to the office every day or they work remotely but they are part of your team and they are in their contract a full-time or part-time employee very different to someone that is a freelancer or a contractor who after you have finished working with them your relationship with them ends basically if they're invited to the Christmas party or not gig worker versus employee Mm, okay 
that's a really good understanding, Sim. Do you think this is fueled by the recession or like the economy at the moment, or is this like a new way of business? So what we've started to see is there's actually a makeup company that have started to move towards this. So this episode was kind of inspired by what she had done. She had decided to remove majority of her full-time staff and instead freelance the work. So let's say she had someone to do the PR for her company. She had someone to do the marketing. She had someone to do customer service for the makeup, someone to do the shipping and handling. And instead of having people that she paid as employees for all of that, she removed that all and then just hired like a marketing agency and hired a like customer support agency and hired someone to come and do packing and shipping that was more on a contracted basis. Why we're moving towards that, I think can be explained by two possible theories. One is that yes, there is recessions happening. People are spending less, which means companies are making less money. And when you make less money, you obviously need to look at cutting costs. And the biggest cost to any business is their like human capital, which is just the fancy jargon way of saying the people on the payroll, because someone on the payroll, you just know that you will need to pay them obviously every single week or every single month. A contractor is someone that you pay as needed. So if the work goes up, then you pay them more. If the work goes down, you pay them less because they're doing less hours. So yeah, I think that's definitely part of it. My theory for the second reason is for a business, it just means less admin work. I don't know how I feel like on one hand, I see the benefit of it. On the other hand, I see the downsides. One of the benefits as a business owner, imagine Maya, you've got your business, you've got well-being with Maya, you have four employees That is for people who you have to manage their development for, for people you have to manage their leave for, for people you have to manage, you know, all the other things that are going on in their lives. They look up to you. They need your constant attention. Like managing people is very different to running a business. And if you ever heard about Nasty Gal, which was a $300 million company, it's downfall. Like it's CEO's Sophia Amoruso said its downfall was its company culture and that she was like, I'm good at running businesses. I didn't realize I had to manage people, which I mean, you know, read and manage a book, like do something Mm. like you can (laughs) learn to manage people. It's not that hard. But if you aren't interested in that and you just want to focus on doing what you do best, which is being a creative, for example, being a service-based business, contractors don't need leadership training. Contractors don't take leave. They just say, hey, I'm not working. And when they're not working, you're not paying them. And they benefit from, you know, charging a little bit more because they're working their own hours. They don't need office space because they have their own equipment. They don't take, oh, I, I guess this is quite controversial, but they don't take retirement money mm-hmm. like you don't or holiday pay holiday pay sick leave and you're not like accruing leave you're not taking them to professional developments like there's a lot if you're a business owner and those things don't matter to you and you just want a very transactional relationship for some roles like that actually works out a lot better let's say you just want someone to design your website you don't need a full-time 
web developer to do that for you and you're mm. giving them all these benefits, you just need them for six months and then they're out the door. Sim, I definitely see like the pros and cons, more so the pros for businesses. I can think of cons for employees not having that stability with your mahi and, and things like that. Do you think that it is sustainable, like the example you used of the wahine with the makeup brand? Do you think it's a sustainable business model? I think in some ways, like in some roles, I can see it being useful, but I think long-term not always. So some of the cons of being a business owner and trying to run your business like this is one, you don't have like a proper team. You have higher turnover, which means your company culture. You don't have company culture if you've got all these Mm. like different random people coming together that gets quite negatively affected. You don't have people all on the same mission. Like if you're just paying someone to do the work, they're not there to come up with any extra ideas or be like, hey, you know, I really thought about this and we should try this. So let's try this different thing. Like you meet them, you tell them what the work is, they do the work and you're done. Like you don't get to spend time developing their personal development, but they also don't spend any extra time developing your company or sharing extra insights. Like I think you lose quite a bit of that innovation side of it. And I don't know, I I think you've got to find a good balance. Like, Like with Girls That Invest, we do have employees, but we also have contractors. So the person that edits our podcast is a contractor. We hired contractors for video editing, but then we realized that the video editing contractors because it was so transactional and so like different people all the time, we were almost like, should we move towards having a video editor that just always works with us? And it's like more one-on-one and we can give them feedback. And so you just find pros to both as a business owner, but cons Mm -hmm. to both. Right. And it's more so identifying what would work best for you. Yeah. Like you say, there are spaces where you only need someone for six eight, nine months and some positions where you do need a full-time or the role would be pivotal for creating that culture, building morale and all of those things, which is all important for a business, which is really, really interesting and kind of personally something that I didn't think would be common or not that this is particularly common, but kind of be a thing. This is like kind of cool. It is quite interesting, right? And I think the only way that you can make it work and have it be really, really successful is you need to be so good at having systems. So Mm. you can't have a business where like – Maya is the person that is the podcast producer and she has all the knowledge in her head and then Maya leaves and then we hire like a contractor who knows nothing of how to do it. It has to be roles where you're like, okay, if A happens, you do B. If B happens, then you do C. This is the workflow of the steps and you it has to be such a like repetitive role or a role that can be like have workflows. Copied and pasted quite well yeah something that can be copied and pasted quite well so that if someone does leave you've got the systems and the training and everything ready for the next person to just come in know what to do and they should be able to like within a week completely do the role just as well that's tricky you can't do that with every single role in every single company Mm, yeah for sure and so where 
do you think the opportunity in this shift is for content creators? I think as content creators, when you start out, it's probably really helpful to start your business that way because you've got to realize that like you'll be able to trial and test different people in your business or different roles in your business. Let's say you hire someone to do I don't know, copywriting or messaging people in the DMs or like doing emails for brand partnerships that come through. If you hire all of those roles out to four different people full time, one, that's going to be very costly and it is so much worse realizing you don't need someone in a role and firing them than Mm. starting off with contractors and going, oh wait, this person that like replies to emails for brand partnerships four hours a week isn't enough like this person needs like 10 hours oh my god Mm. now they need 20 hours like oh my god this should be a full-time role let me actually hire someone out properly and I think that is a better use of their time and your time than over hiring and then letting people go except that's horrible that's a waste of their time too Mm. I hear there are a lot of pros and cons for this model, what key points do we need to consider about risk mitigation, do you think? Oh, what a big word. Yeah. I think if I was trying to decide, like, should I just make my entire business model just contractors? What I would need to look at is how is this going to impact my relationship with my customers? Is this going to be quite a negative experience? Like, for example, brand partnerships in our company, I keep using this, but that's a person that needs to be consistent. If we have a company that's like, hey, Girls at Invest would love to sponsor your podcast. And every month it's a different person that they're video calling and having conversations with. That's not a good look. It's such an unstable kind of example. And it makes it look like there's high turnover. And that's just not nice. If you also have someone that you're dealing with and it's always like the same person and you just build a relationship with them, whether that's a customer service base. Like even when you and I, if we like buy something from a shoe company and we're messaging one person in customer service and then it's like swaps over to another person, that bothers us. Mm. We're like, where did Sandra go? She knows my story. Because then you have to say it again, especially with like, oh my gosh, internet providers, (laughs) power companies. Oh, yeah. No, that's really annoying, man. Sounds like you've got a story there. (laughs) And then it, it does, it builds mistrust with the business. It builds like, I'm not coming back here. And you do think like, okay, they have a high turnover. This mustn't be a good company to be in. Yeah. So if it's a role that it's like, is people facing or facing your potential clients or customers, probably not the best look. Like I'm not a fan of it. Another thing, like for example, those video editors that we work with, it's the same person that's the like project manager, but the they contract out different people to make the video. So I see a different name on the like upload, like uploaded by so-and-so. And I swear to God, it's a different name every week. And even though the content is somewhat similar You can tell that they're just new people and they don't quite get the brand and you have to re-explain things over again. And it's like this sort of, I want to deal with the same person. There's something human Mm. about having relationships, surprisingly. I don't know why, survival (laughs) or something. Connection. (laughs) And it just gets to you. So that's like the first, I guess, risk that you'd be mitigating. The second risk is just 
if you don't have good company culture, like things go downhill. If you just have a group of people that are here for the paycheck, they're not interested to talk to anyone else. You don't really have people to bounce ideas off as the company founder. You don't really have anyone that has been through it with you long enough to Mm. watch the journey and say, oh yeah, I remember when you did that and that didn't work. And so I think this is happening again. You don't have mirrors. You just have people walking their own paths alongside you. Mm. For business owners, every transaction is more than just a swipe of the card. It's the culmination of your hard work, dedication, and commitment to your customers. That's why I'm excited to share with you a game-changing solution that's simplifying the way businesses like yours accept payments. Introducing Tap to Pay on iPhone, powered by Stripe. Contactless payments has never been easier. You can seamlessly accept contactless payments directly from your iPhone. And the best part, there's no additional hardware required. Think about it. From local pop-ups to global retailers, tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe cater to businesses of all sizes, empowering them to accept payments right from their iPhones. It's a game changer for businesses looking to scale quickly and stay flexible with quick setup that takes minutes, not days. So how can tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe benefit your business? It's simple. Increased revenue, expanded reach and enhanced customer experience. It's a win, win, win. To learn more about how tap to pay on iPhone and Stripe can transform your business, visit stripe.com slash tap iPhone today. Yeah, for sure. Like company culture is such a huge thing and it really can make or break an environment. It's so important. It's disgusting when it's bad. It's so bad. Oh, leave. Leave if it's bad, guys. <laughs> Maya and I used to work in a company and the culture was amazing. And it honestly, like, I think we both got to a point where we were like, we should probably, you know, move. But the culture mm. was so good. We stayed more than we should, like longer than we should have. It was more like the people there. Like that's where we met. We're besties now. Like we still have really good relationships with a lot of people who we worked with there. And yeah, those people really made the bad days better. They did. And it it just makes such a difference. So I think those two things are the biggest risk that I would be looking at. And I think the final one is if you don't have someone that is an employee, you don't have loyalty for them to stick around with you. Mm -hmm. Like, let's say you really like their work. Let's say you have the world's best contractor and you are a psychologist, you're a therapist and your contractor replies to everyone's emails. She or he gets such great feedback and you love them and you think they're fantastic. They're a contractor. They don't have to stick with you. Contractors don't have to give you like all this notice unless it's put in in the contract that you've signed with them. They are very much allowed to say, hey, look, I've started also working with this other company or I have this side hustle that's taking off and I don't really enjoy it here or the pay is not enough here. I'm going to go elsewhere. It's so much easier for them to move ship. Contractors are like friends. Employees are like friends that you have history with and like they know your deepest, darkest secrets and you're like, look, you're allowed to go, but there is a lot more weighing here. And I think if there are disputes or issues or things that we can work through, we are more likely to try and work through them. And a contractor, if things don't work or they see better opportunities, they can bounce. So you will lose and you will start to see more fluctuations 
sometimes in the quality and the output of your work Mm. because you are dealing with multiple different people. To find a contractor that wants to stick with you long term, that is very rare. And if that's so important for you, then that's where I think you're just going to benefit from having actual employees. Mm. And also kind of the, in my idea, role of a contractor is for them to be there for a short period. Exactly. That was very helpful. Did you have any final questions? No. You clarified before this episode, I was like, hmm, what is this? What is this? But now I have a better understanding of it. As someone that's starting out her business, like, does this appeal to you? Do you see yourself doing something like this? I definitely see the pros and cons and I see the benefits of a, maybe a position like the web, you need someone to rebrand your website. I see that that isn't someone who I need to be on my books all the time because that's just a short project. But in long term, company culture, especially if you're in customer service, like having, what's that saying? Your first impressions matter. Mm -hmm. And then also again with the loyalty, like you, especially your business is your baby. You're proud of it. You want to expand it and you want to do that Personally, you want to do that with a team of people who are with you, who are riding with you, who understand your goals, your passions, and you share that drive to achieve the same goal. So naturally, personally, you're willing to put in more work because you believe in it, whereas Mm -hmm. people who hate it, they're just like, I'm just here. I don't care. I'm going to be out in two months. They're just kind of going to do the bare minimum. Yeah. And that's not something that I would want in my business. No. And if you're thinking, okay, that makes sense. Is there a middle ground? Agencies are a good option. So Mm. agencies are companies that will offer services for you, but they have their own team culture. They're not one person that you're just dealing with as a contractor. So like a PR agency or a marketing agency or a, like we have a podcast editing agency. And so- I think that just makes it a little bit better and easier. And you're not feeling like you're just kind of, you've got like these one-off random people in and out of your business. Mm, Yeah. So I hope that you have found this episode helpful. I hope that you have been able to take away a few things. It's definitely a new and novel concept and I don't know how I feel about it, but I'm not against it. I'm not for it. I think there is space for it in every sort of way. Mm -hmm. And if you've enjoyed this episode, if you found it helpful, if we've ever taught you anything new that you have been able to apply in your business, please take a screenshot, tag us on Instagram at Girls That Invest, and we will see you next week. Until next time, Maya. Kakite. Bye. Bye. And as always, to finish off with our disclaimer, Girls That Invest does not provide personalized investing advice for your individual needs. We are not financial advisors. The advice from Girls That Invest exists for educational purposes only and should not be relied upon to make an investment or financial decision. Advice from Girls That Invest is general in nature and does not consider individual circumstances. Always do your research and please use your due diligence. Alrighty, till next time team. Bye.